0: Order using DoorDash today. Terms apply. Today's episode is brought to you by Gray Block Pizza. Gray Block Pizza. You know what it is, baby boy. Get that hitter. Man. My neck hurts. Oh, my neck hurts. Sometimes I feel, you know, like just. Uh, I mean, just like every. I feel just like all my emotions and hopes and fears and everything are just thumb wrestling in the back of my neck. That's where I keep a lot of tension. You know, that's how I, you know, I'm kind of a tension man. Some people refer to me as a tension man. You know, when I was born, the doctor said, oh, he's taught. This baby's real taught. You know, you couldn't. You know, it wasn't like a super mal You know, some children, they're real malleable. They'll come out foot first, head first. They come out, you know. Sometimes they'll put a foot out and put it back, you know. They'll hang a foot out and then pull it back in. Like they're doing, the you know, the hokey pokey from, you know, from birth. You put your left foot in the world. You take your left foot, you know, and then they're shoulder first, lean with it, rock with it. And then Fat Joe rolls right out of a womb, you know. That's how some babies are but that wasn't me you know I was they I remember reading and you know my mother kept a lot of scripture and everything about my birth and different child memories and stuff like that Uh, even when she didn't have a camera I remember there were some pages I have a baby book and my mother would draw a picture of me having a good time or draw a picture of me crying out on the porch but I remember what it said in there when I was born. Oh, he the doctor said he's you know, 11 pounds whatever, but he's taut. He's real real. This baby is damn real taut, you know, like he just a little well done. And that's kind of how I've always been. Were you breech birth, Riley? I was not. All right, man. Well, let's there's different ways to do it. Let's get into the episode.
1: Lovers
2: laughing in the springtime of the other day on my way to see you crowds of people turn to stare there's nothing left to see
3: Never come. There you go. Look what's happened to me.
0: Come on, break it down, Stevie.
3: Time is no stranger. When you're
0: all by yourself. Come on, Stevie Starlight, ladies and gentlemen. It's time.
3: There's no danger. Because you found someone else.
0: And ladies and gentlemen right there, that's Stevie Starlight with Time is No Stranger. And that's off his new album, Unnaturally Happy. And you can go get that album and we'll put a link on there so you can grab that and get that sound inside of you. Yeah, I was that taught baby. I was that taught baby. I've always been that taught baby. You know, just, just taught, you know, just, you know, I remember my mother was, uh, my mother's always had, Riley Miles here. Uh, how are you today, Riley?
1: I'm doing well. It's great to be here again.
0: Yep. We're having you back, man. And, you know, it's a trial basis and I hate to say that, you know, to you like that, but that's life. Right. Exactly. You know, life's a trial basis and, um... How old are you? I am twenty two. Okay. So so you're twenty two years into the trial of life, really. True. Right. And um and so yeah, we're gonna see and just see how people react to you. And you know, um, but you know, we're happy to have you back for an episode and and uh and we'll see how people kind of react to you.
1: It's great to be back.
0: Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: Um, do you have any birth defects or anything like that? Um can't say I have. Um, I mean, I'm a musician, like I said. But no, when you were born,
0: were you missing anything? Did you have any birth defects?
1: Um, dang dude, I'm not sure. I don't think so. Okay. So straight up full birth. Yeah. Wow.
0: Must be nice, man. That's how it is these days. When I was young, I'll tell you this story. When I was young, people were born, you'd have a buddy missing a, uh, you know, you'd have a, you'd have a buddy missing a clavicle, you know, you'd have a friend, you know, it wasn't crazy to shake somebody's hand and only feel four on them, you know? It was a different time. Somebody, people were uneven. Right. Somebody missing half a Cossacks or half of a damn, you know, have a square occipital, orbital entrance, you know, somebody, you know, have a damn square eye. It was just different times. People had rabies. Uh, what else? They had, people had diseases. Uh, you'd, you know, I grew up, they had this. the tail end of polio. You'd see somebody dragging themselves down, you know, dragging you know maybe they had a cane or a cane somebody got them a cane that was too short and so they you know somebody out there short caning just barely might as well just i mean look like you know might as well just drag themselves if you're short cane it looks like you're doing damn magic like you're out there just you know right is it cosmeticus or whatever but anyway you never had asthma or anything huh i have not god man living in luxury living in luxury. We're coming out here again. This is um episode 2 from the Central East and happy to be here with you today. Uh what's going on? You know I've been doing the MMA. That's what's really going on, man. And my body just feels I mean it's it's so you get in there. And yeah, I'm still fighting the women. I'm fighting the women and it's uh and they are, man, I'm glad some of these women weren't my mother because my mother put a good, you know, put a good A whooping on me. You know, she beat, I mean, my mother kind of lady, she beat both cheeks. She'll make you pull on your pants afterwards and make sure they're both red. Not one of these one cheek wonders. A lot of these moms, they, you know, they get one cheek red and they give up. My mom um, going to burn up both of your little bottom hillsides, baby. That's how she was. You know, she's a hard worker. Uh, but, yeah, what was I talking about? You know what I was talking about, man, by chance? I don't
1: know. Uh. Um, you were talking about what's current, and you were um, in doing MMA.
0: Oh, yeah. Thank you.
1: So, you're in there, and you got a
0: man in your lap, and you in a man's lap. And it's really, I mean, it's just so... It reminds me of monkeys when you see monkeys in a zoo or a penitentiary or something. If you've ever been in one of those, you know, animal prisons in um, uh, Bali, you know, in Bali, they have so many monkeys that a lot of them have gone and they put them in the detention. The bad ones, they put them into detention centers. Have you seen any of this, uh, Riley? I have. Yeah. And so when you look at that kind of stuff and you see the bad ones, what do you you support that kind of thing?
1: I mean they're they're monkeys. Yeah. Yeah, I, I support all monkeys, whether they're whether they're bad or not. Yeah, and well, yeah, I mean I guess that's one way to do it. But I for me, if
0: you're already a monkey, that's risque for me. And then if you are a bad one, I, at that point, you know, I'm not trying to take one of God's animals out of commission, but we gotta we gotta thin the herd a little bit. You know? You're a bad monkey and they're having detention centers for you. It's too much for me. For me at a certain point you got to stop the bus. But um anyway, but yeah, you get out there you do the MMA and I'm over there and there's like, you know, people are being really helpful. It's definitely you know, they'll have somebody who'll show you the same move 30 times. And I'll be in there for for, for an hour and all I learned was I don't I can't even explain to you what I learned, like how to roll over. Okay, you know, it's almost uh, something you would see a strong baby do. Everybody's behaving like animals. They're behaving like it reminds you when you see the chimpanzees, when you see the little, mon, you know, the monk, the monotontos, you know, the crazy monkeys, whatever. It, you know, that's how they're doing. Some are sitting on the side just kind of watching. A couple of them are rolling around. You're grabbing each other's feet, neck, you know, that sort of thing. Um, and it's wild man My the, the tips of my fingers are all sore almost like I've been playing the guitar but the instrument that I'm playing really is it's you're playing like another person really but the instrument that I'm playing is it's almost like I'm playing my own I want to say confidence, but I've been. It's like um, it's like give these little scars from playing your own. Oh, I can't really think of it, but that's what it that's what it is. You're just on the ground. You're just learning this thing over and over again. You know when you're doing the MMA. So have you taken any classes like that, Riley? Do you have a, uh, do you have a, um, extracurricular thing that you do?
1: I do. Um, I was in Taekwondo for many years as a as a teen. Wow!
0: And how uh, did you guys train often, or w- were you under a certain sensei or whatever?
1: Um, yeah, so it's this one location by my house in Anaheim, and um, I would go there almost every day after school and just train like wow. constantly. Um, and I made it up to black belt.
0: Damn! Really?
1: Uh, yeah, that was my like top goal. Um, same as Eagle Scout, I made it. A lot of people don't make it. To Eagle Scout, I made it. To Eagle Scout, I made it to black belt.
0: Now, is there in the Eagle scouting process is there a is there a letting is there like a moment where it's like okay, you guys are all lined up and they say okay, you know, William, you're going to be an Eagle Scout. Teresa, you're going to be one. You know, you know, da Anthony, you're going to be one. And then you guys kind of step forward. And I I, I kind of picture these other kids. You know, you know, this guy couldn't make a you know couldn't make the whatever he needed a you know a edible shovel or whatever you know the different merit badges he couldn't do it and so he has to is there a separation of the you know of the haves and the have-nots at a certain point
1: honest um not really a separation but it's more like um like hey if they don't want to you know it's it's totally their problem they don't have to um but i know a lot of people a lot of people try to get to that point like at the very beginning. I know they want, that's why they join scouting because they want to become an Eagle Scout. Oh yeah. But later on, once they like go through all of the hard work and all the merit badges, they're all like, you know, I, it's too much. I give up. I have too much on my plate or like, I just don't want to do this anymore.
0: Yeah. Um, oh, it was Navy SEALs for fourth graders. It's Navy SEALs for fourth graders. It's right. Essentially. Is there um, is there a, is everybody cut out to be an Eagle Scout?
1: If, I want to say yes and no. Um yes if they have their mind set to it, then yeah, they can be an eagle scout. It's not it's not too hard to the point where it's impossible. Okay. It's always possible. You just have to just just believe. You have to apply and, yourself. And right, apply yourself, work for it. Okay.
0: And is there a special was there is there a finishing cuz I I'm just wondering how is there a cuz what I'm picturing is a moment there's a night somewhere there's a campfire, there's a tent, and there's like, you know, a man comes in, everybody's wearing kerchiefs and everybody, which I like that style. You know, I, I like the Eagle Scout style. First of all, I like the, I like kind of the flair. It's almost like uh, Bear Grills meets TGI Fridays kind of in a weird way. You know how sure. they have like a lot of the, you know, the medallions and that. Right. But- what i'm i just picture that there's a night or a, by a campfire or something or an extended cab tent where people are saying you know i'm i'm going on and you're not you know mm-hmm. and you're i'm going into this other tent i'm a i'm i'm an eagle now and and you are what Weeblow is under eagle
1: um no blows is the bridge from cub scouts to boy scouts
0: okay <clears throat> and that's where you guys lose a lot of people too huh
1: right yeah, cuz a lot of people and I've actually lost a lot of friends from the or well, not friends, I mean, you could say it. Well, I mean, they're still my friends, but I've lost them like going from Cub Scouts, Boy Scouts cuz they didn't want to transition on. Wow. Um, but I mean, you know, it's totally their choice. I mean, they're they're doing well now. Um, well, I see all of them on Facebook. Are they? I mean, yeah,
0: you see them on Facebook, but my, do you right. see them in the field of life? Do you see them using the skills that you guys have learned, you know? That's what cuz that's where it matters, man. You know, uh, that's what I'm saying. When I was young, you, you came out of the womb. You had to, a lot of people had to, you know, you had to boat, not your own damn umbilical cord. Right. You know, there wasn't a man in there. Now they cut your umbilical cord. They'll give a, you know, they mail up. You can mail. They got a website. They'll mail a piece of it to each of your grandparents, that kind of stuff, you right. know, a little freaking uh, you know, that utero caviar or whatever they're calling it now. And they all get together on a zoom call and all four of your grandparents, eat a, you know, do a shot of, uh you know greek whiskey or whatever and you know eat the babies and what you know everybody you know eat the umbilical cord at the same time you know there's all these little group chats or whatever but when i was young it was different
3: mm-hmm.
0: that's what i'm trying to tell you brother right um but that intro song was stevie starlight man that's unnaturally happy and uh and man he's been with us since the beginning of this show and he sent me a nice email the other day just checking in um yeah, what's going on, man? This week, this past week has been good. It's been good. It's been, you know, I had some moments where I, I was really like, you know, what am I doing? How am I gonna kind of make this work? This feels uncomfortable. Um, you know, uh, had a had a day where I didn't want to do anything. You know, was really feeling uh, down in the dumps. Um you know and thankfully there's mo- I have moments in that day where it's like okay just you know yeah maybe half the day hasn't gone well but let's get the other half let's salvage this other half of this day and let's go um you know one of the beauties of of uh just of the past few years has been meeting guys and being able to come into worlds um you know, like, you know, Joe Rogan, you meet Joe Rogan, you get into his universe and know him and you get inspired and then you start, you know, following guys like David Goggins and reading their books and Jocko Willink and um, and uh, Cam Haynes and and uh, and you start getting, I guess it's like inspirational type of guys. You have Dustin Poirier come in and sit down, you know. Um, and you just, it. it's interesting, I start to realize that I I almost thankfully I almost know too many people now who don't give up to give up like for like a full day sometimes. If that makes any sense it's it's just like uh it it's like oh if you stack your deck of cards with enough cards that you know if you take some of the fives out of your deck and you p- throw in a couple extra jacks, you know, something with a sword. You throw in an, a, a couple extra jokers, you know, a couple extra beefy jokers, you know, some Riddler, some juggler using using test 200 or something. And now you got a deck of, you know, you got a deck of cards that are, it's a, it's a little bit stronger. It's a little bit more like inspirational, I guess. Yeah, I guess I've just found myself getting more into, you know, I know enough inspirational people almost personally um, where yeah it's just interesting it almost makes it harder for me to give up on myself a little bit Um, so I don't know what I'm saying really there but what I was saying was I was just yeah sometimes you have tough times but I got some calls that were welcoming Um, oh a, a man called me the n-word I'll say that and it was a black man a uh, black man called me the n-word and I just I just said, hey man, you know, it's our time, brother. That's what I told him. I said, it's our time to shine, baby. You know, BLM, Daddy. We can't be putting each other down. Um So you know, it was just interesting how do you how do you deal with kind of inverse racism a little bit? Have you ever had to deal with anything like this,
1: Riley? Um some uh sometimes a little with um racism with being a uh, asian and all um as a child. I mean now never. I mean even if I do I kind of laugh it off as a joke cuz I mean I honestly couldn't care less what people think. Yeah. um about that. Like I'm not I'm not too sensitive about racism racism to Asians. Yeah. um but
0: and re- Asians handle things differently, man. Right. You guys are really kind of like you guys kind of bob and weave with the racism, I feel like. Right. You know? And, it, you know, you guys, you know, you look at Asians, There's and there's also all different, what I don't like is get specific with the racism. hmm These Asians. You know, I've said it. I've right. definitely said it. I'll be honest with you.
1: Oh, yeah. Everyone has.
0: Yeah. I mean, I'm sure you probably said, you know, if people are behaving a certain way, I mean, I stereotype all the time. Mm-hmm. And I li- I like it sometimes. It doesn't mean my heart is bad. Right. There's such a difference between somebody who's out there sharpening a sword, writing, you know, you know, some uh, writing a name on it, like writing a black man's name or a white man's name or a Asian man's name or something on it, you know. Right. This you know, this sword is for, you know, Ladarius or something. You know, it's like that's crazy. Mm-hmm. But if you're just like, "Oh man, dude, these Asian people are driving me nuts." If say if you're stuck somewhere at a festival or something like an Asian festival, mm-hmm. that's not. Is that racism if everybody's Asian at the festival? Not really. Yeah, yeah. And plus, dude, you got to look at I believe that we all are going to be I believe in beige power. That's what I say. I believe we're all hurtling towards one color eventually. Tone. I mean, you and I are probably the same skin tone.
1: Yeah, about yeah, getting there closer.
0: I mean, we're almost the same damn skin tone, man. Right. You know, it's also. Yeah, I don't. I don't know what I'm talking about, but. But yeah, the guy called me the N word. I don't know what to do. You know, and honestly, part of me, I was pretty excited. I'll be honest with you. You know, I quit using the n word probably about four years ago when everybody else did. Fully, I mean, I would never actively, you know, but people would, you know, if I saw it in a. Sometimes people would do met, you know, like you'd be playing that game of where you draw something out of a hat and you try to act out the movie. You know what that game is, Riley? Do you ever played that in your town? Um, yeah, charades.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely could charades. And uh, are you good at charades? Not at all. Oh, wow. I wish I was.
0: And what I would see was uh, people would write it in there, write in a racial slur or something. And so you'd pick it out and you'd start acting it out and you're like, oh, shit, this isn't even a movie. You know, this is racism. Right. So, you know, you'd see that old trick. But anyway, uh, but yeah, I just didn't know how to react. You know, I, I didn't know how to react to that. And so I just... I figured one day we're all gonna be the same thing. So I tried to channel that energy from the future and say, hey, man, you know, just accept the Just It's our time, baby. You know, we're out here, brother. That's what I said. And I tried to handle it as good as I could, you know. Because there's no, there's no correct way to handle that kind of thing. There's no correct way to handle that kind of thing. Um... What else do we have going on, man? Uh, what else is happening? Uh, what'd you do this week, Did You get anything exciting?
1: Um, just been editing some music videos. Um, pretty much it. And do you eat? What do you like to? You have you eat regular meals and everything? Right. Sometimes. I mean, I sometimes like skip breakfast or lunch because I'm just too busy editing. I'm too much in the zone or I'm just, you know, laying back watching TV. Now I find,
0: now this is one thing and I'll get into a little bit of racial discussion here. I find that Asian people are good. They are very good at dropping into something and just staying in the pocket. You go to some of these, you know, I've been to, uh, I've probably been to maybe seven Asian countries or whatever. And you'll go into some of these bank, these a ba- not, uh, buildings where there's just thousands of uh asian people playing video games until they die some of them like it's just the uncanny ability to drop into something and
1: stay there i've honestly i haven't really thought about that for i mean for being From Asians, I've never really thought. I mean, I think that's honestly just like it could be anybody. Um, I have a few friends that are like that, and I mean, they're definitely not Asian. They're you know they're white.
0: But would you be better than them? Could you beat them if you guys were in a contest?
1: Honestly, it kind of depends. I'm not one of those like those gamers, like those Asian gamers that you see that are like right there, right there, Asian gamers. Right, exactly. I'm not one of those guys. I mean, are you a diehard Asian? Would you say or not? And this is just. (laughs) I'm pretty much the whitest Asian you will meet. Wow. Yeah. I mean, well, I mean, not in terms of my looks, but of my physical appearance, but like how my mindset works. I didn't know you were Asian. Really? Yeah. Oh, well, I am. All right. Let's take a call right here.
4: Hey, Theo, man. It's Nathan from Nashville. Now, it makes me really excited to hear that you might move down here. And I just want to offer a perspective.
0: Thank you for calling, Nathan. I appreciate that, brother. Sound like you're reading. Does it sound like he's written this and is reading it? Did you pick up on that, Riley?
1: Sounds like it, yeah. Thank you.
4: About a year or so ago, I was kind of obsessed with moving to LA in my van with the idea of laying it all on the line for my dream. And maybe by doing this God would, you know, buy the ticket to the dream at the price of the ultimate sacrifice, you know. But um a lot of my mentors here said they were like, dude, just slow down. You're, you're kind of where you need to be. And I just want to let you know, man, like Nashville's changing and growing. And if you move down here, you'd kind of be at the floor, the ground floor of a movement. Just
0: Well, first of all, thank you, man. I appreciate this call, young fella. And I'll say this, man, definitely. Is getting a van and driving somewhere apart, is that laying it on the line? I guess in a lot of ways it is. You know, you definitely, you could easily get fleas. You're probably going to at least have a pet at some point. I don't trust the person that has the van, but not the pet that lives in it with them. At least that guy, I feel like is a little bit more non-murderer, you know, because you can't murder, if you, if you, if you have a place, if you have a van, you're not going to bring some, uh, a person home and murder them with the animal right there. That, because then there's two degrees of what's going on. There's you being murderer, and there's the animal watching. That you know, there's um, there's just so when I see a man with a van with no animal. Now a bird it doesn't count. I'm talking dog. A bird doesn't count. A cat doesn't even count. A cat is just a is just a, a freaking uh four-legged bird and but when you get that animal if you get a van with an animal that guy ain't mur- uh, you know that guy will try to screw you probably or do sex with your give you a, you know and make you a little grilled cheese or something and maybe have you listen to a little bit of widespread panic or something like that and freaking you know he'll want you you know he'll do some henna tattoos on one of your ass cheeks but he's not gonna murder you but I feel like you get into a van that has no animal in it. That's murder town right there. What do you think, Riley? You ever had any experience with anything like that? I have not, honestly. What else is going on, man? I'll say this. Uh, I appreciate the call. I appreciate the call you calling and saying that good things are here. Things are happening. Let's hear a little bit more of whatever you had to say, brother.
4: To give you an example, my band is a psychedelic gospel funk group. And oddly enough, we've been kind of welcomed and embraced. And um, again, just things are moving and changing. It's not just... Well, yeah,
0: but I one way to get welcome and embrace is if, you, if your band does everything. You know? We're a country. Uh, you know, we're country Zydeco, uh, emo uh drywall can we play here and it's like yeah you know sure you can you know as long as you refinish the kitchen you can play wherever you want like if you have two if you have so many options to a band you know if if you're like oh we do acoustic acapella uh jamaican um sort of it's like kind of like a six nine dixie chicks mashup then people are like uh they can't say no So I think to challenge yourself, brother, try one type of music. Because if you got that Christian disco funk, Trap House, chopping, Screwed, Paul Wall meets uh, Paul Simon, hell, I don't even know what I'm, at that point I might as well just damn, you know, drive my car into a damn Amoeba music. Into an abandoned record shop. But thank you for the sentiment of this call, man. And cinnamon. when you think of cinnamon, it's almost like cinnamon and mint. Somebody put them together. Let's hear the rest of this.
4: And oddly enough, we've been kind of welcomed and embraced. And um, again, just things are moving and changing. It's not just country, right? And Nashville might not be known for comedy, but man, we could sure use a king down here. And, you know, music and, and comedy go together like peanut butter and jelly, my friend.
0: Well, I appreciate it, man. I appreciate it, man. Music and comedy are interesting. You know, a lot of comedians will end up getting into music. Riley Mowdy, do you know that? I do now. A lot of comedians will get into music. You know, Sinbad is a famous kind of black Asian kind of comedian. And he does music now. He has a band. Steve Martin famous white man uh you know he might have been italian i don't know what he was but he also he did music he does music now he plays a banjo jim brewer does music he does music and he was you know he definitely i mean he you know he barely he he seems like yeah you know he's kind of a rescue kind of man he um a lot of a lot of comedians get into music. I think it's because at a certain point sometimes you get I think it's why anybody does anything or changes it up. You know, your voice and your your humor become an instrument and then after a while you're like, I want to I wanna play a different instrument. You know, I, I wish I could play the piano. I wish I you know because your voice and your humor—it's just a—it's just the—it's just an instrument that's in you. Some people's instrument in them is—is is their voice, you know, to sing. Some people is a, um, you know, uh, do, you know, um, speed you know, deaf signaling. You know what what is that called? You know what I'm talking about, Riley? Hand
1: hand gestures, um. What's the name of it?
0: I think it's deaf signaling, but but they have speed competitions now for deaf signaling. You know, you'll see, th- you know, four people are trying to rattle off, you know, half of uh, you know, half of um, you know, flowers for Algernon or something. They're just reading it as fast as they can with their hands. But everybody has a different. You know, people have a different playing a different instrument. Some people may do bow and arrowing and you just get sometimes you're tired you get tired you know I don't want to do you know I don't want to sing I want to try something else I want to try something else so I think that's why a lot of comedians sometimes will get into music eventually because they want to play something else than the instrument they've been playing which is their sense of humor it's just a refined instrument that's all it is it's just like singing but it's just a little different. I mean I, mo, I at least four times a day I think about playing the piano. I just I'd like to play it. Um so but but yeah, thank you for the nice call, man. Um and we're actually I'm going to uh I'm going to tell you right now. I will be performing September 26th in Cedar Rapids iowa and you can get those tickets uh theovon.com uh you can check those out right there and I, I appreciate the support out there i haven't been to iowa i haven't been over there with the dark arts tour over to iowa and and um oh i gotta tell you about this real quick today's episode is brought to you by blue chew blue Chew, you gotta get your body going you gotta get if you want an erection, you gotta get one. That's the thing. And the you know, in the old days, you could blow a uh, blow a flute and get erect. Some countries, you go over there. You you know, you go to India, you go to the Far East, you go to you know Botswana. Stand they blow the flute and your wiener gets all gets erect. You snake up, bro. Your wiener will bite a freaking kid crawling by. You know but that but they but you got to get somebody that can play the flute you got to get the instrument that's a more expensive deal so times have changed get the only sildenafil and tadalafil chewables by visiting bluechew.com if you like sex or even just touching your own body when it part of its hard you'll love bluechew.com it offers men a performance enhancement for the bedroom. The blue shoes can be taken on a full or empty stomach. So if you had a little bit of caviar, or if you, you know, if you've never had caviar like me, and you pour, bruh, and you've had a little bit of that gas station caviar, bruh, a couple of fucking melted Kit Kats, then you can have this right after. You could do two Kit Kats and still have a, you know and still get your wiener tightened up. So what I'm telling you, here's a great deal for you. Visit bluechew.com and get your first order free when you use promo code T-H-E-O. Just pay $5 shipping. That's B-L-U-E-C-H-E-W.com, promo code T-H-E-O. And that's important. And I'll tell you this also, man, it's that time of year and I've been struggling with severe jock itch. And it kind of is a little bit manly to say. I'll say it loud if there's some, you know, some hotties around. I'll kind of just to let them know that I'm at least have a jock. You know, even if it itches, like at least remind them, hey, I'm itching. But around, you know, this desirable route. Manscaped, however, is on a mission to change the grooming game. A lot of times jock itch is the byproduct of having too much. You know, hair around your body parts, your nuts and scrotum and everything, wiener. But that can change. They just released their products in the UK, Canada, and Australia. So now you can get that good day tightened up, you know. Now you can tighten up the queen and, the be- and, and whatever it's called. The unforgiving castle where the guy never sleeps or whatever. And they keep walking by the tomb, and then the guy, um, you know, he has the hat on. You know what I'm talking about. Manscaped, the Lawnmower 3.0 trimmer offers a replaceable ceramic blade with advanced skin-safe technology, which helps reduce grooming accidents. The waterproof technology also allows you to groom in the shower. Now, that's nice. Because usually what you got to do, you got to lay a trash bag in the garage. You got to get out there, drop a couple floodlights on the ground and get at your bag and root. That's changed. That has changed. The perfect package also comes with two free gifts and other liquid formulations to complete your body hair trimming routine. You can support the podcast and we need it. Look, we need the support. So get twenty percent off and free shipping at manscaped dot com slash T H E O. Get twenty percent off and free shipping at manscaped dot com slash Theo. Upgrade that Dong Salon with the luxury products of Manscaped. You have a lot of body hair, Raleigh. I don't I would have guessed that, man, honestly. Really? Yeah. And I hate to be... Now, is that racism? If I guessed that, you know what I'm saying, kind of? Right. No, I get it. Um,
1: On it? Kind of, yeah. I would
0: think so. Because Asians, you can't... I mean, you take a razor to an Asian, you barely get a damn, you know, a quarter cup of hair, probably. You probably, right. you know, you'll barely end up with a damn sideburn on the ground if right. you trim an Asian. Mm-hmm. So... They're kind of like the... You know, they just, they're not, they're not hairy people. Are they?
1: Are the Yokozuna's hairy? I don't think so. I have to look, I'm about to
0: look that up, man. Um, We got another call that came in, man. Let's check it out right here. And this man had some nice stuff to say. Onward.
5: What's up, Mr. Vaughn, you beautiful bastard. Uh, listening to the latest episode man here you're talking about Nashville and uh if I if I know anything about you I, I'd imagine that you're you're stressing and overthinking it bro but I think you probably have the core of your fans is probably some of the most loyal fans in the industry I know that I got nothing but love for you man I, I know that a lot of others do too it doesn't matter where you go if it's Bangladesh or Boston bro we're all here for you it don't matter where you go so know that know that your your fan base is loyal we're gonna follow you everywhere and uh if you go to nashville man you're a little closer to me in the uh indy louisville area so uh spread your wings bro discomfort is where we get our greatest at. that is when we kind of shake things up a little bit so uh spread your wings little birdie fly much love homie
0: gang bro yeah man you're right man leaning into the fear you know, leaning into the fear, man, you're really, that's a really nice message, man, I appreciate, I appreciate you saying that, and yeah, you know, I'm really, I I am so lucky to have people that care, you know, uh, and people remind me all the time, constantly, through this podcast, and just nice people that I met, and yeah, it never ends, man, Um, you know, it, it Thanks, man. That's nice of you to say, dude. Uh yeah, leaning into that discomfort. What's over here? It's so hard to sit sometimes with your with your discomfort. It's so hard to sit there and hear the sounds of your truth. Or your truths just echoing to you. Yes, uh, thank you, man. Thank you for that. That's nice. Uh, it's just it's a sweet message, man. You know, we have a lot of nice people listening to this podcast. Riley Mao. All right. Um... Oh, I remember this, man. You know, Halloween is coming up. And I remember that, uh, Riley, I wanted to ask you what you thought about that. Do you guys practice that? What is some of your experience with that?
1: Um, Honestly, uh, I don't have an opinion. I don't, honestly.
0: All right. Um, Do you remember ever being costumed as a child? Did anybody dress you up and kind of trick you out at different areas for sugar you know what i'm talking about halloween but you know what i'm talking about
1: yes, yes okay for
0: sure um but have you experienced it did you you did you were you costumed up what do you mean by that did, did you dress up or yes did, okay and what were some of the outfits or the d- different styles or something oh man um anything that really re- that kind of stands out in your life that you enjoyed
1: i remember i was spongebob okay spongebob was great um i remember i was a three-legged man and no one could tell which one was the right le- or was the fake leg oh so yeah. that, that was pretty funny
0: that's um, a dirty grandpa's trick right there too you know yeah um that sounds fun though
1: it, it was really fun i i actually enjoy it i always love halloween um i've been you've seen the blues brothers right yes so i i've been elwood blues actually no i haven't actually i actually really? lied about that yeah i'm sorry mm, you should watch it Um, but yeah, I used to be Asian Elwood blues. Um, I was, did you watch the office? Yes. Okay. Remember Asian Jim? It was like one of the later episodes or one of the later. I didn't watch
0: all of it yet. I'm I'm on season one.
1: Oh, gotcha. Okay. Well, it's fantastic. Um, there was one episode where he, um, where Jim tried to trick, um, Dwight Mm -hmm. and like have like an Asian Jim and trying to trick Dwight into being like. No, like that's really me. I've I've been here the whole time. Oh, um, so I was Asian Jim.
0: Oh, I like that. I met Jim one night at a club one time. Really? At a like a, yeah, and he was drinking and chasing women. I remember, and really hard up for a little bit of cooch, man. At the time, and so was I, and I could see in his eyes just something that I saw in myself, you know, and uh, yeah, this. I just remember that, but, um, yeah, I remember Halloween was so big when we were young, man. Mom would get us out there, and, man, we would sometimes, you know, like, uh, I remember my sister was in, like, a cast or something one time for something. She lost a battle with a, you know, some ants or something, or, you know, you know, she try to get artsy with a, with a group of wasps and came in second place, you know, and, um, and so she was in one of those kind of full body soft cast where they really just trying to get that aloe vera on you where they kind of, they almost have to embalm, you know, like uh like a mummify you with aloe vera strips of lotion and, you know, and wax paper or whatever. But, um, I remember we took her around one time. We had to take her in like a little wheelbarrow to go get the candy. Uh, we were, one time we tried to be light. We thought light was like the really bright white thing. So we covered our bodies with uh, flour and went door to door like that. Um, My brother went through a phase kind of like a, he he would take a mirror and he would like wheel it up to their door. And, and they'd be like, what are you, what are you? You know, he'd be like, you don't want to look at who you really are. You know, he was like a, he was just going through a phase you know you know i'm the scariest thing you know yourself you know your truth like that kind of kind of edgar Allan poe kind of benjamin franklin shit um but god i remember it dog i remember just going door to door and there was always a lot of pedophiles out there was always a lot of pedophiles out living their life and doing their thing, and that was there. You'd see them out with no kids, you know, dressed up like a pedophile. You're like, oh, this is, this is interesting. So, um, but yeah, man, leaning into the fear. I'm gonna lean into the fear, man, and lean into the uncomfort. You know, I didn't even know about, you know, having Riley back, what it was like and what, you know, we're, you know, just figuring this all out. And, and you know, even last week, we kind of talked at the end of the episode about, you know, I just like trying something new. It's hard to try new things sometimes. Why does comfort feel so... Man, it's weird because comfort—it's a good thing, right? It's a positive word. It's a positive feeling, but it's such a too much of it is is you know it's it can be a hampering. This is you know what I'm saying,
1: Riley? No, exactly. I totally get what you're saying. Have you been uncomfortable in your life before? Oh, many times, for sure. Um, whether it's you know just. Being on stage um, during one of my band performances. Um, oh, you were in a band. Oh yeah. Oh, well, I didn't know that. I was in. Um, oh, you both. were
0: in, you were in band.
1: Right. Yeah, I was in a uh, marching band, concert band, jazz band, um, pep bands. Damn. Um. I yeah. I love being in band. And what's um, the
0: heaviest instrument you could carry? You think?
1: Um. I actually. I think the heaviest one was. I was. I remember. I was in drum line, and I was carrying the. Um, you know the quads the um like the drum, the, the oh yeah drum four the drums five. right the four or five drums yeah I carried that that was really heavy then again like right now I'm five five I was like maybe four eleven or something or like five feet wow. and it was it was tough because I'd smoke
0: a blunt to that man watching a little you know a smaller unique
1: person of color kind of carry a drum set dog Right. I'd get high out of that. I mean, I was the only Asian. I was the smallest guy on the team. Wow. I, it, was, it was tough, but I did it. You were fierce almost, really. Mm-hmm. Right. And it was actually kind of too heavy to the point where I actually had to move to a different instrument. Um, so I went on the smallest bass drum there was. You know how there's like, there like different size bass drums and drum line? Mm-hmm. I was the smallest uh, bass drum. Oh, wow. That beautiful little baby bass, huh? Exactly. Damn.
0: And could you hit it pretty hard with the sticks? How many oh, sticks yeah. did you get? Two. One oh, on yeah. each
1: side. Oh, hell yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we had a guy in ours that only got one stick, I remember. Really? Yeah, because the band was barely funded. Mm. The band was basically stuff they made in wood shop that would make a sound. Mm. So you'd have five or six dudes. We had this real, this kid named Brian St. Pierre out there, and he was really like the first kind of black, white kid ever, the first white kid ever to act like a black kid, and they'd never seen it before. Mm. And so he was in mentally handicapped courses and everything. But he, they gave him half a drum. You know, and he'd get, he'd get halfway through a song and he'd be fist fighting somebody at the concession stand for a damn airhead or something. That, that kid was really real POS, man. Real POS. Um, Let's take another call that came in right here, man. Hey, my name is Kyle Sickle. My phone number is
5: eight four nine nine. I just called in, actually. I live right around Nashville, Tennessee. I realize my message is probably a little long. Something I wouldn't really listen to. I just want to let you guys know, like reiterate, if you guys are ever around the town, Nick, Theo, you know, any of the uh, King of the Sting family, like. Uh, I got some good places all around Nashville, some family, some property. I'd love to show you guys around, show you a good time, really.
0: Now, as right now, this guy sounds either like a super nice guy or murderer. I like to show you around the property. If I'm a woman, if I'm drunk outside of a bar, that's death.
3: Uh, We got
5: a big private lake. Let you guys come fish, catch some big old bass. instead of change baby bass and Amen. really have a good time. Uh, hit me up. My name's Kyle Sickle around Nashville, Tennessee.
0: All right, Kyle. Wow, I appreciate that, man. It's really nice of you and I will hit you up and I would love to come out there and catch a bass, you know? You ever reeled in something big? Riley Mal.
1: Um, I haven't. Um, I, I mean, I love going fishing. I am super bad at it. Um, I haven't done it as much. I did it when I was in scouts. Um that's when I would always fish with a few of my friends um fellow scouts and um and do you guys have like a no man left behind kind of thing like that like what is
0: their what's the mantra
1: yeah, um yeah man, we are always like we leave no man behind, we leave no trace behind um that was actually um really? well yeah, that was actually our thing um our scout motto, not our motto um I forgot what it was called one of our sayings um leave no trace behind um and our scout slogan that's what it is and that basically means like we leave no trash we leave everything better than how we found it So like if we're at a campsite you know if there's a few you know pieces of plastic on the ground you know we'd pick it up throw it throw it out on the way out leave it better than how we found it
0: wow amen man um yeah thank you for the fishing offer you know that's a nice uh, that's really nice man and i will hit you up and i will come fish you know i appreciate that uh that'll make me feel more, you know, at, at, at home here and, and getting into the MMA has made me feel more home. You know, just going in, just keep going back, even though it's like, yeah, I go in and some of the people recognize me and say, you know, or they're super friendly, but it also makes you feel a little uncomfortable when people, not that they're trying to make you feel uncomfortable. It just, um, there's just a different, it's like, it's cool. But it's also, it's like, okay, you know, I, I, I want to take the class. I want to be, uh, it, when you, uh, I start thinking that they think differently of me. And so then I start, it's just in, in my head, you know. Um, so anyway, all, all, all they've been is really welcoming and, and yeah, just starting to feel a little bit more confident about, like when I was young, I was just so, I just didn't have any confidence, man. You know, I just didn't have any, man. Who got you into Taekwondo? Taekwondo.
1: Rally. Um, I've actually kind of wanted to do it myself. Um, I just wanted to learn martial arts, self starter they call it, right? And I, I just wanted to. From the very beginning, I've always wanted to earn black belt. That's the same thing with scouts. From the very beginning, joining Cub Scouts, I've always wow. wanted to become an Eagle Scout. That Dang. was like my thing, and I had to make it. Um, so I did the same exact thing for um Taekwondo. Praise God! I loved it. Mm. I'm glad I did. You know, there's something real powerful
0: about. Having self-control is real powerful. Right. You know, because I'm the other end of that where I've struggled with. Oh, Jesus Christ. I struggled. Sorry. Sorry. Um, I've just struggled. I've struggled with it. You know, I'm short of that. You know, so doing masturbation and that kind of stuff. I really struggle with that. You know, it's hard. It's hard to do it, man. It's hard to not do it. That's what I mean. So, um, what else are we talking about, man? Breaking up with your old wireless provider just got a whole lot easier thanks to Mint Mobile. That's right. They were the first company to sell premium wireless service online only. And now Mint Mobile is introducing their unlimited data plan for just 30 bucks a month. Let that sink in. An unlimited plan for 30 bucks. How much is your soon to be ex wireless provider charging you? Think about it. How much are they charging you? You know. For people that hate their phone bill and are ready to cut ties with big wireless, Mint Mobile offers their premium unlimited plan for just 30 bucks a month. That's premium unlimited. Think about limits. Now, don't think about them. That's Mint Mobile. By going online only and eliminating the traditional cost of retail, Mint Mobile passes significant savings on to you. That's how they do it. All plans come with unlimited talk and text and high-speed data delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. If you're not 100% satisfied, Mint Mobile has you covered with their 7-day money-back guarantee. Break up with Big Wireless and switch to Mint Mobile. This sounds like quite a deal. To get your new unlimited wireless plan for just thirty bucks a month and get the plan shipped to your door for free, go to mintmobile.com slash theo. That's M-I-N-T-M-O-B-I-L-E dot com slash T H E O. Cut your unlimited wireless bill to thirty bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash theo. You know I was uh, my fingers are hurting from, I think, becoming a man. That's what I'm feeling like. Um, And I know that sounds crazy, but... You know, I think I've been to four of these... Uh, you know, I'm doing MMA. And so I've been to four classes now. And I know... Look, I'm not saying that I know anything. I know absolutely nothing. But I just... I don't know. It's weird. My hands always feel like I don't know what to do with them. And then suddenly, just a little, my hands feel like a a little bit more like they're going to be okay. That's all. That's the only little thing I just start to notice that my hands they will they'll be okay. Like, uh... I can't explain it. It's just they feel a little more confident. That don't mean try me. I don't want somebody to, you know, come at me or hit me with a sword or shoot me or nothing or, you know, do something, you know, do anything. But uh, yeah, it just feels interesting. Um, But that's what they feel. It's the same feeling if you've been practicing a guitar and you get those things on your fingers. What are they called, Riley? Do you know? Calluses? Yes. It's just like that. Oh, All right. I remember one year we got into some racial stuff at Halloween. Uh, My dad had gotten some cinnamon sticks. You know, when somebody, I think maybe like a Cuban person or something had left them somewhere. I don't know. Someone got them. He got them. But, uh, or he might have got him. My dad used to go to South America a lot and do some stuff. I don't know what he was doing. He might have been probably running around in my mom. But I don't know. I was, you know, I was a child. And, uh, anyway, so we were all excited with the cinnamon sticks. So we were like, oh, let's go. Let's do Halloweening as cinnamon. Cinnamon sticks, family. And so we got everybody out there, dude. And this is back when you could do something darker without getting raced out you know nowadays i jump in some yellow paint and run out there and people say oh you're uh you're being hateful to asian people i jump in red paint they say oh you're being hateful to native americans i jump in you know i try to do a little bit of cinnamon sticking as a family and they say oh you're being uh hateful you know this you're being black hateful to blacks black people or black culture and but back then nobody it wasn't like that People were, you could be a cinnamon stick at Halloween. You know, and I remember a day when in America, you could be a cinnamon stick at Halloween and not get called out for racial injustice. People were like, you hate, you ha- are you being hateful? Like, I'm being cinnamon. That's all I'm being. And every cinnamon, everybody loves cinnamon. You know, and I long for a day like that in this country again. You know, I really long for a day like that. Um, But the disease, I feel like, is lightening up. I feel like people are, I don't know what's going on. You know, I don't know. I feel like with the disease, COVID, or lung AIDS, some people call it. Um, I can't, I, I am just, I am shocked that we shut down the world, but we didn't really know what to do. I think we didn't really know. There's no people can, you can't Monday morning quarterback a pandemic, but I feel like we should have let, it seems like people that are highly susceptible should have been given maybe a government stipend. Give them something to help them get stay safe, and let the rest of the world operate. That's what I feel like we should have tried to do. But one thing about being a free country is, sometimes you, everybody has their, everybody wants to do their own thing, and they can. You know, they can. All right, let's take one or two more calls. Uh, here we go. Hey, Theo. Uh, this is Mike
6: Jenner calling. Uh, just want to say, hey, man, thanks for all you do. Um, I'm a recovering addict, two years sober, over two years sober.
0: Gang, man, congratulations, Mike. Two years, maybe dos años, maybe them Spanish years, daddy, you got them.
6: Uh, Off of that methamphetamine. Crazy shit.
0: Mm. I never did any meth, man. And I always wanted to smoke crack, honestly. I never did uh, smoke any crack, and I always wanted to. To know what it was like. Have you had a high drug experience, Raleigh?
1: I've not. You... You will know me as the most innocent man. I mean, you know, I'm a Christian Eagle Scout, so I'm like the most innocent guy that you will probably ever meet. What's the highest stimulant you've been on? What's something heavy you've been on? Um, I want to say the highest thing would probably be when I got my wisdom teeth pulled out. Mm-hmm. Um, Other than that, I mean... What were you on, brother? Uh, on that well, gas?
0: What'd they have you on? It was... They um, gassed you out? Yes. Oh, hell yeah, yeah boy. Yeah, it was... Um, That's crazy, dude. There's videos of that where you can watch Asian people getting gassed out. It's like a because a lot of Asian people do. Or, sorry, I'm generalizing. In uh there's a lot of unique Japanese videos where they do different artistic stuff with laughing gas. Have you seen any of that? I have. Yes, mm-hmm.
1: but see, I'm not. I remember when I got my was. You know how wisdom are people who get their wisdom teeth pulled out and they're like slowly waking up afterwards. Mm-hmm. They're like, you know, they do funny stuff all the time. Um, that wasn't me. I remember that like my arm, like my arms were up on the seat. Um, but, and I have pictures. My mom took pictures of me, oh, me like yeah. that. It was funny. But other than that, I didn't really do anything funny. Like I was conscious enough to know, like, like I saw, I still remember seeing the camera on me. I'm like, put that away. No. Um, yeah. I mean, other than that, I didn't really do anything too funny. Um, it was an, it was a, an interesting experience. I gotta say. Hell yeah, man. Yeah, look, man, getting gassed out and doing
0: that and uh, getting your teeth pulled out. That's a That's the only thing. See, if every time people got high, they had to pull their teeth out. That should be the rule. People want to do crack. You want to do a little bit of math and vitamins. Then they rip a molar. They freaking take an incisor out. Every time you do every time you, you know, get gassed up, you know, or get blotched out on some Percocets, they pull another tooth. And once you're toothless, no more drugs for you. That's how it should be done. Would you throw out a couple more teeth to get one, you know, to go another round? You think?
1: Well, uh, that well, I'm currently getting an implant put in, and hell yeah, boy! And I had to basically. Um, There's this one, um, this one uh, oral surgeon. He um, There's like this tooth that wouldn't come down. So he was trying to pull it down. Pervert. That, t- that took about a year and it didn't come down. So I went to a different orthodontist and he was like, no, no, no. It was supposed to go over then down. Mm. So then we were like, okay, so we wasted a whole year going down. So we tried going over and down, but that wouldn't work after a year later because of the first guy that was trying to pull it down. Oh. So then they had to end up taking it out and it was like a shark tooth. It was really curved. It was really weird. Mm. Um. So then, yeah, so we, I got it taken the out. Dorsal exactly um i got it taken out and then now i'm trying to it's like i think year five or something of this something crazy like it's been since high school praise god trying Um, to get
0: one tooth out of you yep
1: and so now we are trying to get or i'm trying to get an implant of where it's i think so the space is it was too big for two teeth but too small for three teeth so i think we're just gonna do three small teeth going in oh wow So it's going to be interesting for sure. Three small teeth, man. It's been years of doing this, but yeah. it's almost done.
0: Hey, everybody's got their Vietnam, baby. You know, that's the wild thing, man. Let's finish this call up right here.
6: Uh, but hey, man, I just wanted to say, uh, shit fucks with your emotions. Two years sober, and I'm still feeling the uh, the emptiness. Uh I'm trying. I got a full-time job, a great job. I'm a great employee. I haven't missed a day of working over a year and a half. Um, I love it. I love my job. I'm outside all day. That saved my life. But, man, uh, I feel empty, man. When I'm not working, I feel empty.
0: Yeah, you know, I I can really relate to that. You know, sometimes I notice I'll get... I just have to keep doing work. I can't sit there and not do work. Cuz then it's like if I don't have work, then I'm almost just kind of left with who I am or something. So I just lean so heavy into work, man. Um let's hear more.
6: Uh uh-huh. Anyway, people got it worse than I do. I know that. Uh, All I got to say is gang, gang.
0: Gang, bro. Congrats on your two years, man. And um, yeah, you know, life is a, it's a survivor's game. I mean, it's a survivor's game, man. And sometimes it's, you know, sometimes I don't want to take care of myself, really. Sometimes I get tired of taking care of myself. I just want to let somebody else do it, you know. or I just want to, but that's where you pull it up. That's where we get. That's where we get g up. You know, have a half a Red Bull or something. You know, sometimes you you don't have the right word. You don't have. There's nothing to say. Sometimes it's just we just keep battling, man. That's it. We keep it cruising. You know, we do our own thing. All right, we got one last call here, man. And uh, I want to thank all the callers. And and 664 um, 9503 as always, is the uh, hotline. You can call and be a part of this show. Um, all right, let's take one more call right here. Hey, CEO, this is Darren. I'm calling from Indiana. What's up, Darren? Indiana. It's
1: uh, Spanish 4. In 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 Indiana? Indian. Indian. Oh, Indian. I did not know that.
5: Yeah. Uh I just wanted to say that I really support your move out of the Los Angeles metropolis. I've lived there. I, I'm from, I came from Toronto. I lived in Los Angeles. Now I'm living in Indiana. Uh, you know, it's just a whole nother view of America. I know you grew up more rural in Louisiana, but man, I think you need to reconnect with that because while you might be scared, the benefits far away the fear. You, you just, you look around you're like, oh, whoa, what's that? That's a blade of grass. Oh, whoa, what's that? That's a leaf on a tree. These are things you forget about when you're in LA. It's just endless. There's no way to escape it, like other than going into the ocean, you know, and then you'll drown.
0: Yeah, that's true. You know, LA. It's just it's a, it's a never ending. You know, it's a never ending. And uh, look, it's not a move. Uh, you know, it's a, it's a test drive. Um, and but thank you for the well wishes, man. A lot of well wish calls came in. You know, a lot of people just saying, "Hey, uh, you know, it's exciting," and you know, stay positive. And you know, I had that trouble last week at Big Lots, and you know, ran into some issues over there. And uh, and and so, you know, but you know, I'm just rolling with the punches, man. You know, and I'm trying to find things that 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 will connect me, because it's real easy for me to get disconnected. You know, it's easy for me to be disconnected, man. So so I'm trying to find little things to connect me and to just be a part of my own life, man, to stay active in my own life, to get up each day and say, all right, this is, you know. And if I lose half the day to say, hey, man, let's make a comeback here in the second half. You know, we can do it. Um, you know, we can do it. We just got to keep going. That's all we can do. Riley Mao, do you think?
1: Yes, sir. That's all we can do.
0: You heard him, ladies and gentlemen. Uh thank you guys for joining us this week. Uh I'm gonna go out on the same way that we came in, man. You know, out here riding into the apocalypse of time with uh with Stevie Starlight, Time is no stranger. Again, September 26th, I will be in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. That's outdoors. Um, Trying to get back on uh, doing some dates. And going to hopefully tape a Netflix special here soon. So we want to, I got to do the material. Um, I got up for the first time the other night in Nashville. And and we'll talk about that next episode, um, about what that was like. I'm going to go back and get up uh, tonight. And, uh... And yeah, just, just keep going. You know, just keep going. So congratulations on the guys that hit a couple years of sobriety and anybody else that's out there struggling. Um, and anybody that's struggling in silence. Uh, man, it's... There's nothing tougher, man, than than, than, than struggling in silence. Um. But you can do it, man, woman, everyone. Thank you for being here, Riley. Thank
1: you for having me on.
0: All right, let's go out with a little bit of Stevie Starlight. Time is no stranger.
2: Lovers laughing in the springtime of the day. On my way to see you. To stay. There's nothing left to see. And
0: the fire, the gender reveal fire is still burning. And shout out to all the firemen and firewomen out there fighting that blaze. And I think it's consumed like 70,000 acres or something now. And, uh, you know, and they still don't know if it's a boy or a girl. Isn't that crazy? Really? Wow. So. TV Starlights.
2: I've been talking about Kite Club for so long, longer than anybody else. So great. Hey, sweetheart, here's it deal. Anyone who doesn't listen to Kite Club is a dodgy bloody wanker. Do I mean? Hi, I'll take a quarter pounder with cheese and a McFlurry.
3: Sorry, sir, but our ice cream machine is broken. Oh, <laughs> no!